You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. We're back. Final hour of Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Thanks if you're watching, if you're listening on one of our exquisite radio affiliates. Thank you. We thank you. And we've had a great time today. Alongside Jonathan Hutton, I'm Chad Withrow. We are live. Yes, we are cheering on Team USA. After a one nothing win over Iran or Iran or however the hell you want to say it. However you want to now. Say it however you want to because they're done. Uh, U.S. with Ow. a big win as they win at one nothing. We are in the bar area, Hutton, at 6th and Peabody. We had the game on earlier behind us. Watching that game, watching Team USA win. You're going to win if you come here this weekend. Uh, by the way, right now you're winning $2 off every drink in the house wow. uh, for happy hour currently right now. Um Chad, alert, alert. Bartender! Uh, Here's your schedule for Saturday. Here's how it lines up if you're just looking for a great sports window. 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern, United States against the Netherlands in the round of 16. Noon Eastern, Big 12 title game, TCU against Kansas State. It's big time. 4 o'clock Eastern on CBS, the SEC title between Georgia and LSU. And then, Chad, the Big Ten and ACC title games at 8 o'clock Eastern on competing networks later in the evening. But you get the full gauntlet, and you don't have to switch over to watch USA Netherlands. I love this. You start with soccer, World Cup. We advance. We shock everyone. And then we get on to football and see some upsets and some craziness for the college football playoff. What do you say? I love it. I got a, I got a couple questions for Dan Dockage, who's our yeah. guest right now. He is the host of Don't At Me on the Outkick uh, Network every day from 8 to 10 Central Time, 9 to 11 Eastern. One of our favorite right shows. Now. Dan, I, I got to start here. I was scheduled to be on your radio show in Indy today, and your producer got back with me and said, hey, we're going to push it because Dan's really pissed off about the Colts, and he wants to continue to take calls crushing the Colts. Dan, I, I respect that move, my man. I, I respect it. you got to embrace the hate sometimes. Welcome to the show. Well, I apologize, and thank you for having me. But hey, you know what? I'm watching, and I'm looking at Saturday, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, people talking about the timeouts um, to save clock. It, that wasn't what I saw. I saw a timeout because you know your team is in disarray. And I'm sitting there screaming, like, just get yourself, you only got downs, you only have two downs, get yourself organized. And he admitted that today. You know, it's like this. So you put a guy out there that's never coached, and okay, he's a mouth on TV, and that's great. And I love the fact that he took Matt Ryan and started him against what they were trying to do, which is tank and all that. But damn. Isn't there anybody in that organization that understood and had been around enough to see that the team was not set? The team was in disarray. Again, great that Saturday admitted it today, um, but that's like me saying I should have used Rogaine back when I was in college or whatever. I mean, what are we doing? I mean, that doesn't matter after the fact. Who cares? 
Yeah, and the fact that the Colts just stink. I mean, they just literally stink. There's nothing interesting. There's nothing going. If you don't get the ball to Jonathan Taylor, they got no playmakers. They just stink. And so I was a little bit hot today, so I apologize. But I just wanted to rip, race, and roar all, all for three hours. There's a, there's a, a bubbling storyline here for me, Dan, watching this in real time. I'm thinking, okay, Matt Ryan thought I – I guess he thought he was closer to the first down marker, whatever. Uh, they don't take the timeout. But then they call the draw that runs more time, and then there's just kind of chaos, and people are looking around going, what do, what do they just do? And right. Nathaniel Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett, Dan, would have a guy that would tell him in his headset, hey, man, you may want to take a timeout here. We should consider a timeout. And the fact that no one did that for Saturday, this is the first time in game three that I felt like they didn't help him out behind the scenes like we probably thought they did, but they didn't have to in the first two games. I read into that probably more than I should. Maybe I shouldn't, but there's a veteran coach on that staff talking down a headset, either up top, 20 miles up in the, in the clouds at that stadium, or down on the sideline with him that could tell him, dude, take a timeout. And they didn't. That's, that's crazy to me. Well, I don't know that, there, that somebody didn't tell him. I mean, there, you know, Jim Trestle, okay, when okay. he was in exile, came and worked for the Colts and did that. Uh, and Saturday has by all accounts, said, you know, I'm running this ship. And his answer after was so idiotic to someone that coached. To fans, it made sense. But to us, you know, guys that coach, you're like, it wasn't about the time. It was it was just about the downs. You had two downs. You have to be smart. So I don't know if anybody did or didn't, but I don't disagree with what you're saying. You know, if somebody did and he overrode it, well, that's why he's the head coach, and I hope he learns. But you know what, guys? It's even bigger than that. I mean, I, I, I love the fact that Troy Aikman was the – you guys know I come on here and I rip the media here in India and I rip the dollar and all that. Sure. I, it's the first time on a broadcast, and I give Troy Aikman great credit, he didn't kiss the backside of these guys. He didn't say, well, you know, they've had great drafts. They've had horrible drafts. Well, you know, he's a great GM. Uh, they're 46-49-1 and have never won the worst division in football. And it's not like they're trying to beat Patrick Mahomes. Let's be totally honest. The quarterback in this league to beat is Ryan Tannehill. I mean, it, 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 it's not like you're trying to catch up to Mahomes or you're trying to catch Brady or Aaron Rodgers or you're Justin Herbert. It's Tannehill. So I, I was so glad last night watching. And I thought the entire, like, did you guys feel this? It felt like Troy Aikman was trying to go to the line of making fun of the Colts offense but didn't really go over yeah. the line of making fun of the Colts. Yeah, like that. they're almost uh, – he's Pathetic. making fun of the fact they're almost luck, lucking into first downs and moving the chains a bit with Matt Ryan doing what they're doing offensively. I, I've, I've got two legitimate questions, though, for you. And, I, I, again, I'm asking you because you've been dead on with your assessment of how you view this organization right there, boots on the ground in Indy, Dan. Uh, number one. I think there's a lot of talk today about the end-of-game mechanics for, for Saturday. Honestly, I think Ursay's already made up his mind one way or the other what he's going to do. Do you agree with that first? No, I, and I, and I, 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 I guess and no. Let me put it this way. Saturday is going to be a part of the organization. So I think that Ursay is either going to have Jeff Saturday be the head coach or he's going to be the GM. I, I really believe that. Okay. I don't think... 
I don't think, and I always try to put myself in the shoes of the people making the decision. And let's be honest, what's happened here has been built on a house of sand. I use that term all the time. So if I'm Ursay, I cannot trust Chris Ballard with draft choices. I cannot trust him with a quarterback hire. I, I just can't. I mean, I, I, maybe he can. Maybe he's a, you know, he works with them every day, so maybe he can. So I think that Saturday is going to be uh, in the organization, maybe as the head coach, maybe. I'm not saying no to your answer. I'm just saying one way or the other. I think yeah. ideally, I honestly think ideally they'd like to get Jim Harbaugh in. And I don't know, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. But he's a guy, played here like two years, but somehow they put him in the ring of honor here. It's the same kind of deal as Ursay, or excuse me, as Saturday. Uh, Ursay reveres him. And there are a lot of rumors, you know, they already had lunch. Who knows? I, I don't know yet. But so I'm not saying no to what you're saying, because I do believe Saturday will be with the Colts in some capacity. There's a reason he's there for sure. And, and the second yeah. part of it, um, it, it so it, you, you're saying it's more about the coach that would be willing to pair with Saturday and Ursay compared to whether or not Ballard does enough or has done enough or will keep his job or whatever. It's more about can they go get the guy they want as head coach and Saturday stays in whatever position Jim Ursay wants him in for the head coach that's coming in. It's what it feels like. You know, it's what it feels like. I, I, you know, yeah, who knows? Maybe they win yeah. out, right? Yeah, it's, it's exactly what it feels like, uh, Jonathan, because, uh, I, look, how, how do I – John? The, I, maybe I said this on your show, but I had Saturday's job at ESPN. Saturday wasn't a real analyst. He didn't do games. He came in for a couple days. He's a studio guy. It ain't that great a job. I'm just It's a good job. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if people want it. But you come in there, you yell and scream with Ryan Clark on Mondays and Tuesdays and whatever. Um, and you sit yeah. around a lot. You, 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 you just do. You know, you, it, and it's, Bristol's not the greatest place to be. I guess maybe they're in New York now. But you get a taste of being a coach. You get a taste of being in the organization I think that Saturday will do everything he can to be the coach. I, look, the finances, he, he makes good money as, you know, what he does. But the real money is doing games at ESPN. You know, the studio host is okay. It's great. He's not the host. He's just a part-time guy come in Monday, Tuesday, whatever days. You get a taste of the NFL life. You get a taste of coaching. You get a taste of, you know, being a general manager, making the decisions. I'm telling you, it, it, is, it is a drug and he will do everything he can to be there. Ursay will keep him there. Is it as a coach? I don't really know, but I can't imagine. I just can't imagine. Last night felt like, to me, Jonathan, a bottoming out. It, it felt like in the stands, I've had so many people say this was hey. just awful. Awful. But that, that's the best case scenario, though, because right now they they have the 14th pick in the NFL draft, Dan. That doesn't help them. Right. Like it, it, I, I understand like the fervor for wanting to win that game. Because you think in the back of the Colts fans' minds, they're like, oh, look at this. We could be the seventh seed all of a sudden. We're going to go on this run. But what they need is another piece of the puzzle that they don't have. Um, and I think last night actually helps them more than winning a game. Because, again, and, and Chad can pick up here, Ursay's made up his mind on what he's going to do. And now it's just about getting down that path with the best possible pieces and right now at pick 14, Chad, no matter how good the quarterback crop is, no matter how good you want to go at pass rush or 
you know, these great wide receivers, you're down the, you're down the level a bit with some other teams that are going to not trade out because they're really bad at the premium positions this offseason. I want to congratulate Dan because, Dan, you, you, the clock is up now. You are done <laughs> talking about the Colts yes. and that terrible performance now for the rest of the day. After your radio show, after your previous show, that's over because I'm going to ask about college football. You follow that Purdue program. You know it well. Are we sleeping on the Big Ten championship game? They're a 16-and-a-half-point underdog against Michigan, and while I think Michigan's going to win easily, there's always wackiness on championship Saturday. Something crazy happens. What yeah, kind of chance do you Iowa. give Purdue to give them a game <laughs> and to make something crazy happen? I'm an Indiana guy, 17 years, so screw Purdue. You know, lose. Just lose by 127 <laughs> is what I... Yeah, um, which they might. You know what? Yeah, you know, they have a terrific tight end. They have a very good scheme. Brahm is very good. Uh, Aiden O'Connell has been banged up in deal, and I think you guys saw where his brother passed away. And uh, Charlie Jones coming over front. They have some weapons, and this Maccabee is a really nice running back. Look, 16 and a half, probably about right. Um, the one thing that Purdue... I think, uh, hasn't done this year. And th- look, they're in the championship game, right? So they, they've, they've been better, but it's such a weak side. I think the Big Ten is terrible. Like, I, I, I watch these teams, and then I watch the SEC guys. And, it, you know, you go to a high school basketball game in the state of Indiana, the JV plays first, the varsity plays second. And it almost feels like that. You spend, okay, I'm going to watch the new Big Ten game. And it's Wisconsin, Purdue, and then you watch the SEC game, and it's LSU, Mississippi, and it ain't even close. You know, um, I think Michigan playing the way that they played last week, playing uh, the way or what they're playing for, they certainly will be ready. But there's a natural letdown. I think first half would be close. I think Charlie Jones can get going in the passing game, and Durham, the, the tight end, he's a legit first round or second round pick. I think Purdue maybe can keep it close. Eventually, though, Purdue uh, will wear down 16 and a half, probably about right. I, I, I agree with what you're saying, uh, Chad. I say it all the time. Last week of college basketball season in the uh, in leagues, crazy upsets always happen every single time. Same thing here. I just don't think Purdue has enough, and I think the, the, the carrot of Michigan going back to the playoffs is really, really strong. Let's go to the flip side of that college basketball season equation, the start of the season that we're in right now. Dan, you were a guy, you were petitioning ESPN to go to Maui or get the prime assignment, and you get some really big-time matchups in games that could decide a seed line, you know, come March, depending on if you win a, a couple of these games here and there. But yet people still go back and say, well, it really doesn't matter because it's going to be a totally different team, totally different circumstances come into the season. How do you watch basketball this time of year? Indiana's off to a good start. Tennessee wins the battle for Atlantis over Kansas. North Carolina is struggling. How do you kind of parse all of this and watch it through your lens this time of year? And what are you looking for? Well, I, 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 I've said this. I, I'll watch, you know, the championship game of a place, or I'll watch Indiana, or I'll watch Purdue. I find college basketball, uh, frankly, at this time of year to be a little bit boring. I, I, the championship games are great. Purdue was really fun to watch. But when you get to a fifth-place game, and to your point, you know, that fifth-place game may be you beating Xavier. like, uh, And that may get you in the tournament because Xavier – so to your point, you're absolutely right. Um, I wish and – and you're exactly right. I would say, hey, look, I want to go to the Battle of Atlantis or I want to go to Maui. 
And usually I got, you know, one of the two. Uh, so, yes, they're great places to go, and they mean something. But, but I, I wish college basketball would play these games on home sites. They're great matchups. The basketball is terrific. But you're playing a third-place game. Like North Carolina is playing like a third-place game as the number one team in the country in Portland in front of literally 10 people. I, I, I think it hurts the sport. Now, Indiana goes and plays at Xavier. Packed house in the Cintas Center. It is fantastic. The ACC Big Ten Challenge tonight. Ohio State's going to Duke. It's great. Tomorrow, North Carolina, Indiana is going to be off the charts in Assembly Hall. College basketball is swallowed up by college football. We saw the ratings for college football. They were astronomical, right? College basketball needs to do something. And one of the ways, I love these tournaments. I understand them. They're important. But damn, if you play those games on home sites... Fantastic. It, it, it's awesome. Like, I think Tennessee is really, really good. Really good. And winning that tournament, terrific. Purdue should be the number one team in the country. What they did to Duke, what they did to Gonzaga, they have the best resume. A lot of people didn't see it, which is unfortunate. But those things, as you're, to your point, I'm giving you a long answer. Those things really matter when tournament time comes. They just do. Dan Dockett, our guest. Dan, how much money are these tournaments making? Are they drawing? annually that's a great question i don't really have the answer to that i you know it, it, all their money comes from tv rights you know all their money mm-hmm. comes from what espn is paying them and espn uh, i know uh, they you cannot go to a break at espn doing one of these games without go- talking about three commercials that are coming up right you cannot do anything on these so the sponsorship is fantastic they put it all together in feast week i don't really have an answer for you the difference is this. Let's say that, that um, Indiana is going to play in Maui. Indiana gets, you know, uh, rooms, whatever. They don't get paid. But let's just say that Indiana uh, is going to have Xavier come to IU. Xavier may make $100,000. It's a buy game, right? Something like that. That's kind of the difference. But I know this. ESPN packaging, okay. this whole Feast Week thing, they're making a ton. How good is Indiana? And how much more are we going to find out about Indiana and North Carolina, for that matter, in this matchup tomorrow? Yeah, I think Indiana's the best physical, physically the best team that I've seen. They don't have the best resume. Purdue does. Uh, Houston's been good. But, hell, Houston just played a four-point game with Kent State. I think Indiana has two of everything. And people always complain that I'm an Indiana hater. I'm not. I'm just a realist. I think they're very good. Now, shooting the ball, they've got to have a kid uh, named Jalen Shafino Hood or Hood Shafino. Uh, make some shots for Xavier Johnson. I think they're very good. I think North Carolina, you know, here's what happens in college basketball. You get hot at the end of the year, and you're throwing in shots. And North Carolina did, and give them all the credit in the world, they get to the national championship game. And so off of that, they become the number one team in the country. I've said all along, this is not the number one team in the country. This is not a team that's better than Indiana. It's not a team that's better than Houston or Texas. Uh, what I saw out of Tennessee. It's just not. I was a player on a team. We went to the Elite Eight the next year. We're in the top five, and I'm looking around going, fellas, we ain't a top five freaking team. So I think North Carolina is going to be tired. I think Indiana is going to blast them tomorrow. Dan, did you hear what you did to us? What? You did a Black Friday show. And 
We're going to have to do one next year because yeah. you did one. Yeah, we're going to have oh. to follow your lead because you did that now. Everyone's going to have dare to do you. it, Dan. Yeah. How dare you, Dan This, is, this is like uh, the bro code, right? Like it's a yeah. pact, oh. it's a pact amongst, uh, amongst talent brothers and sisters what are we doing to here, say, Come on. we can't set the precedent that we work on holidays because then all of us are going to be asked to be worked on holidays. Come on, Dan. You know this. Do you, do you see this? You see this? This is called an iPhone. Yep. Both of you have my number. A simple text saying, hey, we don't hey. work. That's it. The damage was That's done. That's it. <laughs> the, problem is, the problem is they had your number yeah. after they asked us. We're like, no, we're not doing a Black Friday show. Yeah. Dan's doing one. What? Yeah, the, dam- the damage is already done, Dan. But, hey, you, you made up for some of it today. That's why you were number one in the country. Not, we were not number all two. of it. And I think that I am joining your radio show tomorrow, by the way. Your, your, your you producer got back with me and said uh, that we're going we're gonna to revisit <laughs> it tomorrow. Yep. This is, hey, this is my life. My brother just sent me a text. Thoughts on college football tonight. Is there a college football game tonight? Who's playing? Well, Maxion. Hey, he may be talking about the college football playoff ranking. He's probably talking about He's the rankings like, coming out tonight. No, 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 no way. No, no, no. This is part of a gambling text chain. This is not. Oh, this is, I gotcha. This is not okay. an informational text chain. This is. This is. Hey, <laughs> tell me what you see here. I I didn't know yeah. college football played tonight. Oh, we got Maxion. Yeah, no, yeah, we don't. It, w- no, I, mean, I don't. I don't it, it know. It would make sense that the Mac would play their championship game on on a Tuesday night. Yeah, but they play Friday. The Mac championship is Friday at noon. Uh, Maybe he's not. assuming that they're playing, but they're not. Yeah. That's when yeah. you really know well, that you like to gamble. It's just any random Tuesday, you got the itchy trigger finger, <laughs> and you text your brother and say, what do we think about this Mac matchup tonight on yeah. this Tuesday, even when there's no game? That's when you know <laughs> you're in deep. He just sent me. He, he, said, I, he asked me, my brother, thoughts on college football tonight? I said, there's none. What's wrong with you just now? What's wrong with you, you degenerate? What are you doing? <laughs> That's great. Dan Dockage, he's no degenerate, and you also should oh. never add him. Don't add him. Don't add me with Dan Dockage every day on the Outkick Network, 9 to 11 Eastern Time. Dan, thanks so much, man. We'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you tomorrow on your radio show, actually. I can't wait. Let's bring it. Let's bring the gas. Let's bring the heat. Thanks, fellas. We're bringing the heat all the time. We'll bring the heat. Thank you, Dan. We're going to bring the heat, too, when we come back. We're going to talk NFL playoff picture and really dive into one question I want to ask Hutton and discuss. Are the commanders good? We'll, we'll discuss that with some other possible playoff teams. That's coming up. This is Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Outkick 360, we're back. We are draped in red, white, and blue because America, they won today. Team USA gets past Iran, one to nothing in the World Cup. They will advance now to the round of 16 to take on Netherlands on Saturday, 10 a.m., Central time for that game. Colin Warner is very optimistic. He's very optimistic. Hey, it's not it's not just making it to the round of 16. I love it. He said I'm in. this team has quarterfinals in their sights. I hope he's right. Uh, interesting tweet from Bruce Feldman, who covers college football for Fox. 
He says, interesting name to keep an eye on with the UNLV coaching vacancy. UNLV with an opening right now. Former TCU head coach Gary Patterson. He's not tweeting that out there unless there's some level of interest from Patterson into that job. That would be interesting. UNLV is a program that's always held a soft spot in my heart (laughs) because it's one of the teams I won a national title with on NCAA football like 2001 or 2002 on PlayStation By getting 2. Gary Patterson, you think they're back? Yeah, that was the team I told you about with Torres. Yeah, the time yeah, they yeah, yeah. Threw it too. So I've always liked that UNLV what program. What a place to go retire. Kept an eye on that UNLV program. You know what, I'm uh, going to go coach in Vegas. Long time. Yeah, not bad at all. That would be quite the coup for UNLV also to land Gary Patterson. Let's take a look at the NFL playoff picture, though, right now. We're going to start in the AFC uh, by taking a look at the, the playoff bracket, what it looks like right now. Hud, no surprise at the top with the Chiefs. I do have this question for you, though. With the Bills, has your perception or opinion of them changed at all since the opening two weeks of the season? Um, they blast the Rams, who turns out they're no good, and they blast the Titans, who are pretty good, and they've had some slippage since then, but has anything greatly changed in your mind? No, because I trust that they're going to get things back on track. They're making things more difficult, however. They're winless in their division. They've got I said short week earlier. They played on Thursday last week, sort of the Patriots on Thanksgiving, so it's a full seven days. But they're playing Thursday night football again this week, and then they'll have the long layoff. But again, a division game. I tri- so uh, I don't want to contradict myself. I may. Lamar Jackson's turning the football over late in games. The, the Ravens are leading by double digits, and then they're losing. And, and they did it again this past week in Jacksonville. Buffalo's doing the same thing in tight games. But I trust Buffalo's offense to get it right more than I do Baltimore's. And I also believe the Bills' defense, more times than not, is going to bend but not break. They have been susceptible to the run in recent weeks. And uh, there have been teams that have been able to move the football on them uh, just enough, you know, in prime moments. And then Allen's making really just stupid mistakes in the red zone with a chance to win the game. Um, and in some cases, they're driving, tying the game, going to overtime, then he's throwing the pick, right? So I, I still trust Buffalo. I think they're very well coached. They've got the best quarterback top to bottom, in my opinion, in the game. Um, and he's going through a lull right now where he's not the MVP, but he's the guy I would want rolling into the playoffs. The problem is they're going to have to go on the road right now. Yeah. Because Miami is playing really and, well. And you, you, we see it here looking at what the playoffs yeah. would be today. Buffalo in Baltimore to open the playoffs. Yes. And then you have uh, the Bengals by virtue of winning when they did this past week. The Titans dropped down a seed uh, by losing that game to Cincy. And then we would just see the rematch if the, if the playoffs started today of what we saw in the divisional round a year ago. The Jets and the Dolphins would would meet in a, a divisional matchup in the first round as well. Again, I, I think a lot of this is going to, to, to change up. I think the Chargers make a push for the final playoff spot, Chad. Um, ultimately, it's the Jets and Chargers. Well, and how uh, long and, can and Mike some of the White, Bengals, too. How long can Mike White keep that up from what we saw on Sunday? Well, it, and but, also, the... But keep in mind, off, Zach, there's Wilson, only, there's, Zach Wilson was keeping it up. He was 5-2. and two. When he was benched. There's only of these matchups, again, if the season ended, ended today, but it gives you a snapshot of what the playoff matchups would look yes. like. I am far more interested in Bills and Ravens than any of these other games. Uh, I hate yes. 
a divisional matchup in the first round of the playoffs. Well, I it hated was a classic game. I hated Patriots earlier. Uh, Bills a year ago. I just just from a I don't like a third go around. Right. I want to see teams from different divisions face off in the first in the playoffs. So the one team, so Jets I, Dolphins, does not excite me. The, the Ravens keep slipping up though. And, and that's the big issue with Baltimore is they're they're taking these double-digit leads and then they're allowing teams to get back in it and then they're not picking up the MVP-like performance from Lamar Jackson in the fourth quarter. Um, again, I'm speaking out of both sides here because Allen hasn't been doing that recently either. This is a recurring problem for Baltimore and they have less of a margin for error than Buffalo because of just the talent top to bottom and the fact that their defense, uh, you can throw all over them. And that's a, to me, late in the season, that's a bad matchup for, for Baltimore's defense more than it is going on the road to Baltimore for Josh Allen. You still think Bill's second best in the AFC behind the Chiefs? Yes. Is there yeah. a big drop off or small drop off between Chiefs to Bills? Um, I think it's really close. I think there's a sizable really drop off from the Bills drop to off, everyone else. Chad, the drop off is Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah. I really, the home field matters in this. And there, there is a, there's just a difference for Kansas City at Arrowhead. And that's, that's the, that was the charm of Buffalo a month and a half ago, was they had won on the road in the regular season. They claimed home field advantage at the time over Kansas City. And the road had to go through Orchard Park. And now, based on what we've seen and, and the fact that, I mean, Miami, they haven't been in the marquee matchups yet. They've got San Francisco coming up this week. Yeah, they we may see them against the Chargers in a flex game, two maybe three weeks from now. I think it's December tenth is when they play. That's a game I would I would hope they would consider flexing into because we haven't seen the Dolphins in prime time. That that I need to see more of Miami against uh, again San Francisco this week on the road in the Bay Area against that defense against that defensive front. Miami has it's really struggled to protect Tua. Their offensive line is iffy at best. And that's the only thing keeping me from buying into them the same way I'm buying into the Eagles and the NFC. Let's look at the NFC. Speaking of the 49ers, who you mentioned coming up with the, with the Dolphins, let's take a look at the NFC playoff picture right now. And you would have the Eagles with the bye, Commanders in Minnesota to take on the Vikings, Giants at the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I think that's a terrific matchup. Cowboys at Buccaneers. Hutton, someone's got to win the NFC South. I guess that's what it's telling us right now. And it should be the Bucks. I don't know if but, it will be. But who knows the way the, the teams in the division are playing. I don't know if it will be because Fournette is banged up. They can barely run the football as it is. Uh, White was good this past week in a loss against Cleveland. Um, yeah, it was just... It, Tampa Bay was winning the majority of the game against the Browns until they weren't. Right? Like, yeah. That's kind of their season. And I, in a bad division, I think people are going to view Tampa as a good team that won a bad division. They're not good. And that means they're just as susceptible to lose to Carolina, who's a game out right now of the division lead still, as Atlanta can go and win. You know, Atlanta's got a, a home game this week um, with, a, with a chance to pick up another win. Again, like, it's... It's bad. I, I, I don't like any team out of there. The problem is the team that wins the division is going to be hosting like Dallas. And you, th- that's the unfortunate part of the way this all sets up is you get the seven-win, eight-win NFC South winner, 
and if it's Tampa, there, there is a big difference with Tampa hosting that game compared to the inexperience of an Atlanta or a Carolina that really backs their way in last minute. Who's more likely to lose their way out of playoff position, Commanders or Giants, when you look at the NFC East? I believe one of them will not be in the playoffs. So they have a very similar schedule. I was looking at this last night. Um, I think they play each other twice in three weeks. They do. So the Commanders and Giants play this week, and the Giants will then host Philadelphia. Keep in mind, Philadelphia is coming off a win against Green Bay. They will face the Titans this week, and then they will travel to uh, they will travel to Jersey to take on the Giants. So again, Giants hosting the Commanders, hosting the Eagles. They've got to split one of those two. That's obvious here if you're talking about winning your way in. The Commanders, Chad, then turn around and host the Giants December 18th. So we will have that answer within the next three games for both of these teams between the Commanders and Giants, how everything has played out. And Saquon Barkley's back in the mix, and he's getting his footing back. You've got uh, Daniel Jones, who they're protecting a bit better. Uh, meanwhile, Taylor Heineke is the quarterback, and they're not moving away from him. Um, if, you play, if you play the Commanders early in the season um, the way the, the Cowboys did, well, you, you're getting a different version of that offense. Yeah. Um, and that's why I'm against the back-to-back games within three or 17 days or whatever this ends up being. Uh, Giants, by the way, will finish against the Vikings, the Colts, and the Eagles. So they have the Eagles and the Giants twice within the next six games. Four of their next six are right there. The Giants can still win the division. Keep that in mind, too. We've seen crazier things. I'm not calling for it. But no one's talking about the Giants, and they have four more division games to play. So Philly's the team to beat right now, top spot in the NFC. I think it comes down, by the way, to Dallas and Philly Christmas Eve. So more likely to supplant Philly as the lead dog in the playoffs or even be the best team in the NFC come playoff time. I'm going Vikings or 49ers on that list right now of teams that could be Philly's equal or better come into the season. You're saying number one seed? This is not just about number one seed. This is... I think Philly's the best team in the NFC right now so, based on what they've done and who they are. Who Chad, could get there by the end of the season? It could be Dallas. Dallas has eight wins. They have a schedule coming up that is conducive to running the football. I, I, everyone's talking about Odell Beckham Jr. They need more Tony Pollard than Odell Beckham Jr. in that offense. I think they benefit by not bringing him in, honestly, because they will be more predicated on the pass. And I think they win. They can make a legitimate run by running the football with their dual threat. Ezekiel Elliott's just fine getting 13 to 15 carries a game because Pollard's doing the same type of production out of the backfield and in the pass game. And you've got uh, your Prescott that's able to spread the football around. CeeDee Lamb's a legit number one. Dalton Schultz is a franchise tag tight end who's money in the red zone. Um, yeah, they, they, they should... They should be okay. I understand why they want him. Yeah. And they're recruiting him hard. Their defense and their run game, and they, they, they have a legitimate playmaker at quarterback that can distribute the football with the best of them. If they go on a run, they, they can be the number one seed because, again, they've got Philadelphia in the rematch in Dallas Christmas Eve. That's where things turn. Does Odell Beckham Jr.? I don't know what happened in Miami on the plane where he gets escorted off, where he was it in and out of nothing. consciousness. 
It doesn't mean anything for a team signing him. I don't think it does. Chad, um, did Deshaun Watson That's sexually true. assaulting anyone mean anything when yeah. it comes to? And this is far less. I mean, ESPN, and I mean, we we t- we discussed it on a daily basis on what the suspension was going to be, and it is literally an afterthought that he's playing in Houston this week, and has been cleared and and he's reinstated by the authority invested in Roger Goodell. I mean, it was just a blurb. Um, item 10 yeah. on a, a front page that was buried on Monday. I'm I mean, excited a, to see the end of this story, the, though, just to see I, where I he ends up. I, I, I'm, ready, I'm ready to get to the, the final chapter but, of this. You're not wrong for asking the question about Odell and what, he, what happened on the plane, but if you can ball, it doesn't matter what you do. The NFL may sit you. They will eventually play you if you can ball. If you suck, you're done. Yeah. And that's just the brutal truth of it when it comes to the National Football League. They're going to post things on a wall to make you think that they care. Ultimately, they care about two things. They want players to produce, and they want teams to make money. Odell Beckham Jr. helps both of those aspects. So does Deshaun Watson. And that's why both are going to be playing in the month of December. Let's talk a little more Hugh Freeze at Auburn when we come back. And we'll also wrap things up and look ahead to tomorrow. It's going to be a very eventful show on tomorrow's Outkick 360 with a really cool studio guest that that we'll have. I don't want to hype any one show up more than others. I thought you were about to uh, surprise me with something. Now, yeah, Hutton, behind this right here, this pop-up behind (laughs) us, I have a surprise for you. No, tomorrow's going to be a good show. They're They're all good. They're all important. I don't want to put one show over another one. But tomorrow's going to be pretty cool. We'll talk about it. We'll preview that. We'll talk a little more Hugh Freeze at Auburn as well. I'm going to get back into my theory on the report about his social media okay. being commandeered by Auburn as part of his, his contract. We'll discuss that and more. This is Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So Hutton is appalled at the moral high-grounding going on really with Auburn about about Hugh Freeze. I, I'm with you. I, I don't care. Like, there are things that happen in life where you may have to go through a rehab stint the way Hugh Freeze did, and he served his time. Remember when he was going to be... Not only that. Remember when he was going to be... And he even, by the way, he referenced this. He was rumored to be Jeremy Pruitt's hire at one point for offensive coordinator at Tennessee. And he, they said, yeah. was there a ban on you from Greg Sankey? Because you, and he said, I had an opportunity to be an offensive coordinator in the league, and I turned that down to go be the head coach at Liberty. Chad, and that was right around the time that I think Jim Chaney was hired after, after he, Hugh Freeze. And, and he said he thinking, had to go to Liberty. But I remember thinking at that time, I remember thinking at that time, like, who cares? But the, the, the assumption, I, I think we're getting lost in the fact that he actually coached at Liberty and did a good job. Yeah, a Christian university founded by Jerry Falwell. Like it's it's not like he went and became the head coach of the Oakland Raiders for a year, and now all of a sudden he's at Auburn, right? Like there's a different wash to that. 
and I, I don't understand the, the immediate jump to how dare Auburn do this and how dare they not, you know, uh, hire. I, I literally heard Kiffin and Hugh Freeze, Dion. I mean, again, point to where the option was someone. Cadillac Williams. But even he's, even he's staying for Hugh Freeze. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, again, it's, just, it's mind-numbing to me how quickly the SEC tries to eat their own. It makes no sense to me. Well, and it's, I mean, look, it's Auburn. Like, there's a history there of doing what is necessary. They just want like to win. Everyone. They're a little bit rogue, and I'm fine with that. That's kind of who their program is. I, I applaud them for not caring about trying to get rid of one coach they hated because of a, an affair that probably didn't happen. But Chad. But then open, open arm embracing Hugh Freeze. I'm, I'm fine with that. But Kiffin, it is, Kiffin it is odd just got that, paid $9 million. Well, it's odd to me, Hutton, that people, like the SEC typically embraces the, you know, we just want to be good at football. Sure. Type mantra mentality. But then it becomes a, well, he was good enough for Liberty, but is he good enough to come back in the sanctified SEC to breathe in this air that the likes of Sam Pittman and Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin within this division and Brian Kelly breathe in. I'm thinking, yeah, but it does, it, it's not like it, these it, aren't a lot of great people. Who cares? But it, but it, they're good Kiffin, football coaches. Kiffin didn't get nine million a year in this raise by Ole Miss for being Kiffin of a decade ago. He did it by evolving into what he's become now at Ole Miss, and that's what Auburn is saying. Hugh Freeze is going to do there. So I, I don't understand the, the jump to how do you not go get Luke Fickle. It's about fit. That's why Parsons no longer there after two years. And why it was obvious he wasn't going to be there after year one, despite what everything that, that went down and how he ended up coaching and went to his bunker with his, his entire team for half the season. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dumbfounded by it. I really am. You know, I thought this would be a home run reaction. And it's been the opposite. Yeah, I think it's not a home run reaction because it's very clear Lane Kiffin turned them down. So he was clearly option number two. I think it's a great option, too. I think it's a good, solid hire for Auburn. But I think the home run reaction would have been Lane Kiffin because it's very clear he yeah, had but a it's chance. it's not James Franklin turning you he down. Had, Again, he had you're, not, you're not wooed because well, a guy won- so here's So here's the question, right? Pecking order of coaches now in the SEC West. Clearly Saban is still number one. Um, Brian Kelly has got to be right there now that he's won the division his first year. Uh, Lane Kiffin is ahead of Hugh Freeze to me. He turned down Auburn. Hugh Freeze took it. Yeah, but, you, but also keep in mind, like, Auburn could have asked someone else to and then gone back to Hugh Freeze, yeah. and Hugh Freeze would have taken but the job. But my, my point is, if we're arguing, you know, Hugh Freeze, who beat Nick Saban twice right. as right. Ole Miss's coach, That's the versus bar. Lane Kiffin, that's pretty damn good if you're Auburn. That's a great debate to have because I'm putting him ahead of Sam Pittman. I'm putting him yes. ahead of Mike Leach. Yes. Uh, I'm putting him ahead of Jimbo Fisher, who's won a national title, who has sucked for the most part at A&M. They're, they're, he had one good year, and he's got one great recruiting class, and most of those guys are leaving or they're considering it in the transfer portal. Okay, so back to your theory on the, the Twitter stuff where they've got access to his account. Right, Auburn? Yeah. You said there's an alternative. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, what I think is it's, it's all semantics. When they say that he has control of his account, he didn't relinquish control of it himself. He's got a monitor now. I think he's got people that have his passwords to where they can tweet for him, 
but more importantly, they yeah. can see his DMs. So and, he's got basically an accountability partner is Auburn on his social media. That's what they're doing. He works for a company. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he just, here, here's my phone and my socials. You tweet whatever you want. Right. I'm yeah. not going to have a Twitter app on my phone. And I compared it to Kyler he's Murray. He's got it's, his account. It should be unwritten. It doesn't, if, if it's in a contract, it shouldn't be. Like Kyler Murray for the four-hour study. Four hours does Kyler Murray or any player zero good. Hey, investment, four hours of film study, like as a yeah. minimum. Hun, before we get out of here, Clark Lee, Vanderbilt yeah. head coach, in studio tomorrow. Going to be a little bit different. We're not going to spend the whole time talking about Vanderbilt. We're going to preview the SEC championship. Game plan it. From a a stopping Georgia perspective. How does LSU stop And how do you attack that? We'll talk about that. How do you stop the tight ends? Also, a very sad Bobby Carpenter after this Saturday. Probably. Cannot wait to hear after he told us that he was going to make sure that his kids (laughs) understood the privilege of being at an Ohio State-Michigan game and we're not going to be entitled brats. I want to know how that went, that experiment with them at the game. He's at least texted me complete sentences. Eddie has only given me one-word answers since the loss. He was also there with his sons. Look, I get it. College sports can cause deep depressions. You can get in a very dark place (laughs) after games, especially if you're an Ohio State fan after this past weekend. Hey, big shout-out to the staff today, getting it done Yes, for OutKick. Appreciate everybody for making it happen here at 6th and Peabody as well. Yeah, and the 6th and Peabody staff. Thanks to them for helping with Cheers. everything as well. Cheers. Cheers to USA. Go USA. Colin Warner, this one's for you, buddy. We're proud of you. We're proud of our country. Go USA. Beat the Dutch. That's right. OutKick 360 out. <laughs>